Welcome to episode number 155 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, myself and Chris had the opportunity to again talk to Corey Voss from Madison Street Worship. He's been on an episode way back. You can go back through our archives and find it there. It was a really fun conversation, lots of inspiration for local worship leadership and songwriting and all that. So here we go, episode number 155 of the Church Collective Podcast. Tell us, tell us what's going on. Yeah, so we um, so Madison Street Worship is the worship ministry of our home church, Gateway Church, here in Shelbyville, Tennessee. And um, yeah, we've done we just um, we've done two records. So we just released our second record um, a couple weeks back. And yeah, we are a collective of songwriters, worship leaders, creative people. Um, we just really love our church, and we love. Uh, connecting people to God's presence and um, just leading people in in worship and it's a, a huge passion of ours to write songs that will connect them you know sure. um, so yeah it's been kind of a cool journey we're fairly a new a new thing we've been doing this for about two years now and yeah, yeah it's been it's been really cool we've had a lot of favor and um, kind of springboarding off of the records that I did you know prior sure. to this venture and so yeah it's been awesome such yeah. a blessing T- tell us a little bit about so it just came out a few weeks ago what on earth did a release look like in this climate like how how is that working for you guys what's the reception been on the music and all that yeah it's been honestly really good um it, it felt like these songs were very timely and even more appropriate after yeah. you know a pandemic breaks out and all this stuff and just where there's a lot of anxiety and fear going around a lot of these songs are centered around being anchored you know in christ and like understanding the kingdom of heaven and like all that stuff and like declaring peace and salvation over your life um and rest in the lord so it's just really cool to see that in the midst of all of this and the first single we put out was about healing so that was kind of crazy i was like okay god like you you know your timing on things so when when did you guys start writing this was this before everything happened yeah we started writing for this album like probably a year and a half ago we just started doing writing sessions with our team and um just like you know gathering together in our homes and then we did a little writer's retreat um like maybe a year in may of last year in chattanooga and then after that we had just hang on one second i'm so sorry um my dog was deciding to uh chew one of her toys <laughs> like that's <laughs> definitely gonna come up so didn't even hear it <laughs> right um but yeah but anyways so we you know we've been writing over the last year and um, we did a writer's retreat, which is great. We got three songs that are on our record out of that retreat. Um, and we just brought our team, and then we brought in two or three um, writers from, like, Nashville and surrounding area. And then we did about 15 more co-writes after that. And, yeah, it was great. Like, we really got the songs that we were hoping for. How many did you um, end up with versus how many got on the album? Uh, we... I think we ended up with like 20 or 25 songs total, but then on the record, obviously just 10, you know? Yeah. So. Let's uh, talk a little bit about like, 
I know a lot, a lot of people that listen to our podcast are going to be starting out in worship ministry and songwriting and stuff. Could you maybe just give back it up? I know when we talked a few years ago, I'll have a link to the other interview we did. You've got some perspective there, but I'd love to hear just some encouragement now for new songwriters and, you know, doing a co-write and all that. How do you actually foster that gift, I guess? Yeah. Um, I think that like, it's something that you just getting around other people that are like stronger writers than you. Um, and like making a habit of even writing on your own. Um, I, th- I feel like it's twofold. Like one, you want to write on your own and get ideas and journal, um, and record into your phone. Thank the Lord for our voice memo app. Right. Sure. Um, and I feel like a big part of being a good songwriter is also being a good like reader and a good listener. Um, like being in the word, reading things that inspire you and also listening for what the Lord might be speaking. Um, but then as far as like co-writing and stuff, like I, you have to learn how to be flexible in co-writes, you know, and how to um, cooperate with other songwriters and grow together and learn from the people in the room with you. And that's been a big part of, you know, our team is like, we've started co-writing together and a lot of them had never done it before. And so it was a lot of them were very quiet at first, which is how I was when I first started, I was super quiet in co-writes, just trying to honestly absorb what the other more experienced writers around me, what their process is like, how they think, how they listen, um, if they're strong in melody or lyric or that kind of thing. And so, um, but I felt, you know, like I really wanted to help, the people around me grow into their gift. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have any like really cool, you know, co-writing story you might be able to share with us? Um, yeah, I've, there's been a few co-writes that I've like just loved. Sometimes you show up and it's really hard work, honestly. Like you're like, man, sure. this is, this is requiring some more brain power today. But then sometimes you show up and it's like God really breathes and makes it easy. And so I guess an example of that, um, would be on off of our new record there's a song called let it all go that actually started in a prayer service um in our church and one of our worship leaders she just started singing out i let it all go i let it all go i lay it down at your feet and we just kept repeating that and it felt like wow this is a moment right now so we brought that idea to the writers retreat and our friend ryan shirley jumped in and that song ended up getting written in like an hour um and it was really after we finished it it was like this this song is about freedom it's about people learning how to release their cares and whatever is holding them back it's an opportunity to lay it down at the feet of jesus and step into your confidence in the lord um and so that co-write was awesome because i just i walked away from that feeling like this is not this song isn't like it's different from other worship songs and I I really value that a lot, and I knew it was gonna. I just had a feeling it was gonna minister to people. Yeah. What's your journey been like? Um, like, how how much training do you have, and how did you get into music in general? Yeah, um, I honestly like had no idea that this is what I'd be doing. Like when I was a kid, I thought I didn't think I would be doing music and ministry as my like calling and my vocation and all that, but. Um, I grew up playing piano. I sang in like kids choir and stuff for fun. Um, but then like when I, at 15, when I really got serious about the Lord, I experienced him in worship in a very profound way that changed me. 
and that's when I realized like I think I think I, I mean I'm kind of musical I think I could learn how to do this and I just found myself drawn into um, the presence of God through worship and through songs worship songs and so just through that season I followed that call went off to college and studied ministry and started you know volunteering and worship teams and just getting around anybody that I could learn from with songwriting and then not long after that coming to Nashville and getting connected with um, just like Michael Farron for example is he was a has been a mentor and like big brother to me for a few years and Jenny Riddle and a couple other people have really like they're such strong writers and I I got put in the room with them kind of early on in my time in Nashville and that was very like formational for me not only like spiritually but in um learning the mechanics of songwriting as well so yeah I feel like the Lord just kind of opened up doors and relationships that you know helped me grow and get get stronger in writing and I'm still learning I'm always I feel like I'm some days I'm like how do you write a song again (laughs) and then other days like you just can't stop writing so what was what was that transition like um from where you were before I'm assuming you you were in a different state and then you moved to Nashville like how how did that happen yeah, I lived in in Central Florida for college, and I ended up staying there for about seven years. And I have family here in Shelbyville, Tennessee, and they started attending our church, Gateway, here. And my aunt, um, she would call me when I lived in Florida, and she kept telling me, you need to come up here and be our worship pastor. We, we need you. And at the time, I was like, I don't know. I just didn't want to leave Florida. But God, like, during that season, God really spoke to me. Um, and I had like, I had five or six different people show up in my life and they were like, Hey, just random people from different places. And they'd be like, Hey, I was praying for you. And I felt like God said, you're going to move soon. Or I feel like the Lord's showing me like your times here in Florida is about to end and you're about to move somewhere. And so it all just kind of became really clear and the Lord just opened up some doors and, so yeah, so I moved up to Shelbyville, and then when I got here, it's like I was working with a management company, and they would set up co-writes for me, and so it'd be like three, four times a week I'd be driving to Franklin to do co-writes, um, and yeah, so it was like it was definitely it's kind of a scary thing at first, but then once the like opportunities started opening up, and I found myself getting invited to retreats different conferences it was like okay this is super exciting like a lot of things are happening and um so it was it was a really beautiful thing and i'm i'm excited for where i am now and i know that like it's all because of you know taking those steps of obedience and yeah yeah talk talk a little bit about like so why why is it called madison street what is like your week-to-week ministry like what are you doing at the church and gateway and all like maybe just give us a little picture of what that all looks like yeah so i'm i'm the worship and creative arts pastor at gateway and when we started writing and recording um we realized we couldn't go like we couldn't be gateway worship or anything like that because there already are some you know gateway worship in dallas and then so it was like well, what do we do for like a naming our album or our worship team and then um one of our worship team members re- reminded me they're like oh yeah well we're on madison street and didn't the church used to be called madison street church of god like a long time ago 
And so something about that just kind of stood out. And she was like, what if we call it Madison Street Worship? And uh, it just sounded right. And then I looked up the word Madison in like its definition or like where the origin of that name came from. And it, one of the definitions is strong fighter. Um, and it just felt really appropriate because a lot of the people in our church, that's their personality. They're strong fighters. They've been through hard stuff. They don't give up. They press in. They know how to worship. They know how to praise. And so it just made sense. It was like, oh, that that's cool. And it sounded cool as well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, but during like a week to week at the church, I am in the office like three days a week. Um, and then Mondays and Fridays, I'm, I'm Mondays are like my Sabbath rest day. And then Fridays are my flex day where I can go right. I can, you know, kind of float a little bit. Sure. What, um, what happened when, when we shut church down as the worship and creative guy, I know like a lot of communications guys and worship guys kind of just, we became the crux of everything. Could you talk a little bit about how your church handled not being able to meet and what you guys did? Yeah, yeah, we created, like most churches tried to do, we created an online schedule throughout the week. And so, um, thankfully, we had invested about a year ago into, like, several cameras, a switcher, like, all the gear that we would need to develop our online presence. And so, like, when this whole thing happened, it was like, wow, well, we already have all the gear and we have a production director and a whole team of camera guys and all that that we've built over the last couple of years. So we just rallied everybody together and we kept pre-recording our Sunday services. Um, and so we would just have our worship team and then our pastor would come in on a separate day, record his sermon and we would stream that. But then during the week we developed two nights where we would have our worship team members rotate um, on Tuesday and Thursday and we do worship and prayer um, yeah. on Facebook Live and Instagram and just to stay present with our people, you know, and really like connect with them as much as we can virtually. Then sure. we we started digital connect groups on Zoom. Right. Um, and then we had Wednesday nights, we did a replay of the worship and the service and like a watch party on Facebook. Yeah. And then Friday nights, our pastor would do a Q&A. So it was like every day of the week, we had something to offer our right. people to keep them engaged. And then throughout the week we were making phone calls. We literally have called everyone in our church database <laughs> to check on them. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's been, it's, it was hard work, but like, and stressful, but so worth it. And yeah. yeah. Um, what talk, talk to me little moments. I think lost my train of thought. Got it. You, you guys pre-recorded your weekend services that, that feels like that's almost like a fiercely debated topic. For, for worship teams, maybe I, at my church, we pre-record theirs. At Chris's church, they're doing theirs live on Sunday morning. So we got both sides here. Maybe speak to, like, why why did that work for you guys? Yeah, I think it, it worked for us um, on a couple different levels. One, we had to kind of be careful about, like, social distancing and, like, not having more than 10 people, you know, at a time and, yeah. you know, on the platform and all that. So we... We, we tried to be good about that, but then it also took the pressure off um, in some ways, and it allowed, like, our creative team and our video editors, like, they really stepped up their game on editing, even, like, some of our worship team members, like our keyboard player, he was like, oh, yeah, I'll tune vocals, oh, yeah, I'll jump in and, like, mix and, you know, all that, so it was it was just cool to see everyone 
step up to another level of productivity than they had previously been yeah, because we all had the, all this time on our hands, you know. Um, and it also, like, we ended up last weekend. We ended up having a Sunday off since we had pre-recorded, so we got to just like not do anything except for watch the service from the previous week. So sure, nice. Yeah. How much? How much producing do you do? Do you are do you do producing or do you only do songwriting? Yeah, I mostly just do songwriting. I can I can create like really clean piano vocal acoustic guitar demos like you know for songs but i'm not necessarily a producer type but um some of the other guys in madison street worship they're all really growing um and even um one of our girls bailey on our team she's growing and she's actually producing her own like pop ep right now and so it's been cool to see everybody you know get creative and work together yeah, so since you moved to Nashville, um, you know, I know it's slowly transitioning to where you're not really working in huge studios anymore. Everybody kind of has their own home studio. Like, how, how, how have you seen that transition? Yeah, um, I think that, I mean, a lot of people are, you know, recording. Like, it, it's it makes it much easier to do your own home recordings and you know, work tapes and demos and all that stuff. And so, um, but it's nice because like, instead of always going to like um, a studio or like even a writer's room per se, you can go to somebody's house and write with them there. And sometimes that that's nice because it feels more relaxed or like you can, I don't know, be in a different environment and, and not feel like somebody's around the corner listening, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. So do you miss the big studio vibe at all? I think so. I think there's definitely something special about that. Like if you're going to like for me, like if I ever like I want to do another record at some point and if it ends up being a studio record, I would love to go to like an actual studio. There's something about that experience that's special as well. Yeah. Which, which um, studios do you work out of? Um, I, well, I mean, I've been, in different studios before like i mean integrity like they have they really have a writer's room and and so we do a lot of our stuff there but as far as like um for our record we obviously recorded live you know but then we did a lot of the overdubs here at my house um and our producer just had he invested in like a little setup that he can take anywhere um but as far as like actual studios though a few years ago i got to record with people and songs at dark horse. And that was, that was so special. I love that. That was a great place to be. That's cool. Do you, um, do this is kind of off topic, but do you watch the show Songland? I do. Yeah. Do you like it? I mean, I love that show. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always curious what, um, other, like my writer friends, what they think about it. Like I, I would text them after every episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. I've been, I've been watching it. I mean, I watched the whole first season, like, I just kept watching it back to back. And then um, the new season was great. I watched the Julia Michaels episode the other night. Yeah. And I've, I really like have enjoyed her as a songwriter. And um, so it was cool to watch that episode. And you learn yeah. a lot about pop and like even just watching the writers on the show, like how they think and how they react and what, what really like hits their heart and what doesn't. And, mm-hmm. So I get inspired by things like that. 
Yeah, I'm super glad they did a second season. I, I hope it just keeps going forever. Like, yeah, I'd love to see it grow. I think it's great for people like the public. I don't know how you feel, but the public to see the songwriting process and realize it's not as much um, about the artist as people think it is, you know, yeah. the, the songwriting process. But mm-hmm. um, what um, where do you see yourself in like five years? Yeah, I'm always bad with this question. <laughs> <laughs> Where would you like to see yourself in five years, rather? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely would like to continue. Um, obviously, the writing journey, I'd like to expand. I'd like to um, do more projects and help other people. Um, I, I would like to travel more. That's definitely on the the list of, like, even with Madison Street, we're starting to get some tour dates um, for the fall and uh, I would love to be able to do more of that and yeah, just continue that journey. And even with our home base, like building up our team, you know, at our church and kind of we're learning that balance of like, okay, take care of home base, but also get ready for traveling. Um, and I know I definitely would like to do an, like a lot more uh, recording. So what, um, what do you think church is going to be like? I mean, it's a cool, like that's your plan in five years, but what do you think church will be like in five years? Do you think we've got some massive shifts coming or do you think this has just kind of been a blip on the radar? Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I've been really wrestling with that a lot yeah. over this. And I know, we, I know what we all have, um, sure. but I have felt like this is a time to reset, reevaluate and honestly like get rid of things that are taking up unnecessary space in our minds and hearts um and to refocus on what's really important in ministry and church and worship and a lot of that i think comes down to really sensing what is the spirit of god saying in this season and how do we how do we walk in obedience to that and how do we live um in that and let god move and minister you know and how do we yeah and so i think that we were also busy you know prior to this just running 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 and i've I've even found for my own relationship with the lord there was just times where i was like i'm so busy all the time i'm not spending enough time just being with the lord and growing myself and so yeah so i think church like i think it need we need connection we need community we need authenticity and we need to come together you know and disciple one another break bread together we need to worship together we need to pray together those are all things i think of the acts new testament church and i think god wants to restore a lot of those elements to the body of christ what would you say to a young worship leader who's like you know 16 17 18 maybe um just coming to the end of high school and they don't know, you know, there's so many options now. You can go to a worship college. You can go to a music college. You could just not go to college and just get a job at a church. You know, what What would you recommend? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there, like you said, there are many different directions and ways you can go. I know for me, I knew that God, when I was 18 years old, I just knew that God was calling me to go to Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida. I knew that was where... I just knew it. I was like, I, I feel the leading, the leading of the Holy Spirit to go there. 
Um, I'm so glad I did. But I think like there are so many paths. And so I think a lot of it's just starting with prayer and just asking him to speak to you and following that peace. You know, I always try to follow the peace of God in my life when I'm making a decision. Um, but as far as like being a worship leader and all of that, like, I think you need to be really connected to the why behind it, you know? And I think it it's become, I say this with all sincerity, but I think it's become very easy in worship to look at all the people standing on big platforms and to want to be like them or, you know, oh, I want that level of influence. That And that's a good thing, but it's like at the end of the day, if the reasoning and the motive behind it is pure, like that's good. But, but it can be really you know significance from that and so i think it's just getting to that place of like being a worshiper worship leader is about being honestly it's like being a priest and being somebody that connects people to the heart and presence of god and the gospel and shepherding people that to me that's what a lot of ministry in worship is like the heartbeat behind it and all the albums and the songs those are all just expressions and ways that we get to do that and so, yeah. Were you a music major? No, I wasn't. I was very intimidated by that, actually, um, like music theory and all of that. But I I studied church ministries. Okay. So, um, what what type of things did you learn there that you've been able to use to this day? Yeah, um, I learned a lot of practical things at during ministry school and college. Um, that you know you learn you learn like you take a multi-staff ministry class and you learn how to create a one-year plan for your ministry and like all the different things. And those are great. I love that. But the other thing that I learned being a part of a local church simultaneously to being in school for ministry was I was able to see the connection between like, okay, I'm learning all these things. I'm learning theology. I'm learning, I'm studying the word, but then I'm actually involved in a local church and I'm working for a pastor and so that was beautiful because it taught me um, that I needed both. I needed to have college and I needed for me and I needed to have that pra- that place to practice it and grow. And sometimes there were things that I learned in school that I didn't use, you know, outside. And you kind of get thrown into ministry and you there's a lot of things that you don't you can't really learn until you're actually there. Um, so so all of your all of your like music theory and songwriting that was just completely natural self taught. Um, in a way, some of it. I mean, I took piano lessons as a kid, you know, but I always struggled to like, like actually, I couldn't just sit down and play by reading music. It took me a while. I played more by ear. So that reading a chord chart though was easy for me because it's like, oh, I know these chords on the guitar. I know them on piano. And I can read them off the chord chart and then memorize it. So that was easy for me. Um, yeah, but I think like the practicals and stuff like that, like I'm always trying to grow in that area. Um, and I think music theory is it's important, you know. But yeah, it's it's been a, definitely a journey of me naturally kind of just growing into that. And I didn't really ever take a lot of vocal lessons, maybe one or two. Um, but I think leading worship every week you know, just you build up so much strength vocally from that. Um, yeah. When did, when did you start writing music? 
uh, I started writing in college, actually, freshman year. I was so inspired by other people in my circle that were writing songs, and they got to lead their songs in chapel. And I just remember thinking, I want to do that. That's awesome. So I locked myself away with a guitar one weekend in my Bible and just started worshiping and writing down little choruses and ideas. And um, yeah, that's kind of where I started. And I ended up leading a song that I wrote in chapel. And I found out like maybe a month later that other people were wanting to lead that song. They kept asking me like, can you give me the chord chart? I want to lead that. And then I found out people were starting to lead it and that's when I realized, like, okay, I feel like I'm called, you know, to write for the church. Yeah. On that, on that last episode of Songland, they were each kind of going through their, their, like, wow moment as songwriters, like, when they felt like a, like they made it as a songwriter. What, do you have any, any moments like that where you're like, okay, I am a songwriter now? Um, it's funny because the first, like, season of co-writing for me, I was just, like, honestly my jaw was dropped because I was in the room with m people that were heroes of mine where I was like, how did I get in this room? I'm not this good of a songwriter, but I learned from them. But then I think it was after, um, probably after I wrote the song praise the King with Michael Farron and Dustin Smith and our friend, Michael Bryce jr. That like that song started to travel. Um, and a lot of people started leading it, um, like just churches all over the place. And I think, just seeing how that song was impacting people, I think I, you start to see the effectiveness of it. And I was that's when I kind of had my my first like wow moment. Like this is so cool. Like people are actually like they love the song. They want to lead it. This is so awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I'd love to hear too. Like how how did you get that first? step in there i'm sure there's people that have heard like well shoot he just went to nashville and he got to do some co-writes with some awesome people like could you maybe just give us a little bit of a i mean yeah. everybody's story is unique but maybe just some encouragement for someone who wants to maybe try to do that too <laughs> like what, yeah. what would you say to them yeah yeah um it's it's interesting because like the initial open door wasn't necessarily because i if I'm looking back on my story, it wasn't because I reached out. It was a friend of mine that I was I was in a band with for a short time. And he we recorded some demos of the songs I'd written. And he went and like emailed all the demos off to record labels and managers in Nashville. And I had no idea. And he was like, oh, yeah, I sent all your songs off. So we're, we're going to see if we can, you know, connect with some people in Nashville. And I was like, oh, cool. Then we got a call back from a management company and we ended up driving up there, meeting with them. We signed a deal with them. And that manager um, introduced me to Michael Farron. Uh, Michael was actually like my very first co-write in Nashville. And um, I had a lot of ex expectation when I first met Michael. And we yeah. didn't even write a song the first time we hung out. It was just like, we were supposed to write, but it had been like a four hour, just like, let's just talk about the Lord, life, ministry. And we really connected. And so, um, relationships are everything and that's what i learned is like getting into those relationships with people and having you know brotherhood it, that was a big open door and then sure. yeah. yeah so that, for yeah. me that was kind of i feel like i just stumbled my way into that in some ways <laughs> sure um so as the worship and creative arts pastor like speaking to a bunch of other worship pastors and leaders you got like uh 
encouragement for them in this season as we're online, but also kind of ramping up to physical and everybody's all over, like we've got encouragement for the worship ministries out there. Yeah. My encouragement would be honestly, thank you to all the worship pastors and worship leaders that are working so hard. Like you guys, I hope that I want, I think it's important for you to know the difference that you're making. Um, and like, there may be things that frustrate you. There may be things that aren't what you want them to be. Maybe you don't have all the musicians that you want or all the, you know, this or that or the resources, but just know that your heart, your connection with God um, and the way that you lead other people to the throne, like that makes so much of a difference in people's lives. And so I would just say thank you to to them because I, I know that more people than would tell you are received from that and they're blessed by it. And so, yeah, that's perfect. Awesome, man. Fantastic chat. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So thanks again. We'll uh, tag you on the socials and stuff. It'll be out in a couple weeks or so. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, appreciate your time, man. Really yeah, good absolutely. to kind of catch up a little bit. And yeah, I really, really appreciate your story. Um, just kind of saying be faithful. You know, yeah. I think everybody strives so hard. And it's yeah. cool to hear it when not really about the striving. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, right. I yeah. love it. Cool. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, thank you guys very much. Hey, yeah. We'll see you around. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for being a part of this week's episode. We would love to hear from you. Go ahead and find the Church Collective community on Facebook. We'd love to connect with you there. we got a contact button on our site, thechurchcollective.com. We have tons of resources available for you. You can connect with us on Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook and all of the social medias you can think of. We're probably there. We'd love to connect with you. Talk to you later.